say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Keep the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking face the crease. Jameson goes the He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. Hey, everybody, welcome in on this Wednesday, Thursday. What day is it? Who knows? It's the first week of the year. Who, who can keep track? It's Thursday afternoon here in the Qs. Glad to have you along, Qs, Utica, Rome, wherever you may be. All across our listening region or wherever you feel like being in the world on QSportsTalk.com today. Glad to have you in on this Thursday, verified Thursday afternoon here. Talk a little hoops today. Houston, Virginia coming up on Saturday afternoon. We'll hear a little bit from the Hall of Famer, Jim Beheim on Orange Nation one hour ago. He had things to say. We shall play some of those things for you to hear again, if you did not hear them. Uh, an hour back from Jim. So we will get to that in a little bit. Uh, we were going to have Tom Caselli from the Action Network on today, but uh, schedules moving, whatnot. Wanted to get Dan Fates on from Wham in Rochester. Covers the Bills. Uh, he could only uh, talk at the same time Tom could talk today. So uh, apologies to Tom. But uh, lots of stuff is going on in the DeMar Hamlin story. And uh, much of it in a positive way as we speak. So Dan, uh, gracious enough to join us at 2.30 uh, today. He's back from uh, Cincinnati where he was uh, at the hospital and the game and the whole thing. And uh, we'll get into some of the very good news that is coming out from uh, DeMar's doctors uh, right now, as DeMar's doctors are speaking right now, which is a, a good sign in itself, because usually uh, the doctors don't wander out of the hospital to uh, in the middle of doing, you know, really important stuff to tell you bad news, uh, at least about, you know, people in the public eye as DeMar is uh, right now. So uh, good news uh, coming out of Cincinnati is the best uh, we can tell at the moment where DeMar Hamlin uh, remains in the hospital, but uh, you know, it, it's finally some non-cryptic uh, positive signs. Uh, apparently, and Dr. Timothy Pritz is uh, one of the uh, lead doctors that has been on uh, DeMar's medical team at the very fine uh, UC Medical Center, the Level 1 Trauma Center right in downtown uh, Cincinnati, saying that uh, last night DeMar began to uh, wake up. And, you know, the reports where he was sedated when he got there, obviously he's on a, a breathing tube and the whole thing. They're trying to get his uh, lung function back up to where it needs to be to breathe on his own. So he's not able to talk right now, not because he cannot uh, talk, but you cannot uh, talk when you have a, a breathing tube shoved down your throat. But he apparently woke up last night and was able to communicate in such a way that he, he wrote down who won the game. You cannot write those things down if your brain is not functioning at a level of which you're, you're capable of doing that. So the fact that he was able to write down uh, words that make sense, whatever they may be, is a, an increasingly encouraging sign of the rapid and immediate care that he received when essentially a once-in-a-bajillion event happened at the middle of the field at Cincinnati on Monday night. And a once in a bajillion event that happened that has a direct tie to Syracuse and the Syracuse football program, a, a tie that uh, honestly should have occurred to me sooner, uh, but did not. But 
that doesn't make it a, a lesser tie. Anyway, so at 8.55 on Monday is when all of this happens. And at 8.55 and a couple of seconds after 8.55, uh, DeMar Hamlin is swarmed on the field by the Bills and Bengals trainers and medical staffs, of which the Buffalo Bills assistant trainer is the former Syracuse head football trainer, Denny Kellington, who was here with the Arch football team for 12 years, and recently so. He was here through 2017, served uh, with many Orange football coaches, he, he was here with Coach P, he was here with uh, Coach Marone, Coach Schaefer, and into Coach Paper. So it's not often, you generally don't get to clean out your medical staff if you're the head football coach. That's generally not quite how it goes. Sometimes as it can, it, it can go that way. We know the football coaches uh, often have prerogative to get rid of everybody else and bring in their own guys, but that tells you the respect that uh, various orange football coaches and administrations. There's multiple ADs in here and uh, doctors and this and that had for Denny that he served uh, for four orange football coaches. This is a guy that uh, knows what he is doing and does it at a high level and a high enough level that the NFL came calling back in 2017 and Denny and his family moved west down the, the throughway. Also uh, in tow with a former orange strength coach, Hal Luther, who would have been there as uh, well on Monday night. And I'm sure a pretty good uh, bodyguard to the whole uh, scenario is Hal, who uh, off-worked with the Orange Lacrosse team, among others, over the years. Uh, uh, But Denny, uh, in his time here, he is very good at his job. That goes without saying. But he's a a, a nuts-and-bolts guy. He is a a matter-of-fact guy that, that handles his business in a way that gets the job done, and that's all you need to know about it. Not a small talk, chit-chat guy for the most part, which is fine. But apparently Denny was the one of all of the people on the field that was immediately there performing CPR. Not to say that like he was the one that figured out everything that was going on, but among the people that saved DeMar Hamlin's life, and let's not be... Uh, coy about it, or let's not beat around the bush. That is what has happened on Monday night. The action of the medical staffs on the field, and not just the action, the immediate action of the medical staffs on the field on Monday night saved his life. And I don't know if, you know, 10 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, five minutes, I don't know where the cutoff line or difference would have been of saving his life or not, or, and at this point now that he is uh, alive and communicative again, saved the future quality of his life. But when you talk about oxygen getting into your body and going to your heart and your brain. That's not a, oh, we can get to it in a half hour, go sit in the waiting room situation. That is a every second matters situation. And uh, that tells you about, you know, athletic trainers and all this. Like Denny Kellington is not a doctor. He's an athletic trainer. When you think of athletic trainers, you know, the first thing you think of is, oh, they're the guys who tape the ankles, right? Hope that guy's knees hurt. He's going to go take a look. Oh, he's got to rehab his thing. He's the guy that's going to rehab him. And that is, you know, a majority of that job. It's, you know, managing the bodies, especially at Syracuse, or the athletes on the Orange football team or the various other teams around there. There are uh, trainers that work with all of the, the teams on campus here, and obviously at the NFL that gets kicked up uh, even an extra level. 
But if you are one of those trainer types, you hold certifications in a wide variety of things, like CPR, which Denny has. Like how to use an AED, which Denny has. And other things like that. And not to say he's the only one that has it, but you know all of these people know how to do that stuff, but he was there first on the scene ready to go and did not flinch in the moment where a flinch could have led to a different outcome here today. So it's kind of wild here. You know, there's a lot of Bills fans in the area. There's a lot of people that are fans of both Syracuse and Buffalo football, which is why we talk about that stuff all of the time. You know, which is why we air all the programming and air all the games and do all that stuff. But there, here's another close tie between those things. Somebody that, you know, if, you, if you've gone to Orange football games recently over the last 15 years, whether you knew it or not, you, you saw Denny in action. If some Orange player was down in the field, he would have been the first guy for many years jogging out there to see what's up. And most of the time, that's what it is. It's jog out there, see what's up. Okay, let's check out your ankle. Can you put some weight on it? Let's come over here. We'll look at it. We'll tape you up. Let's go. Here's some ibuprofen. And not to say that's easy. Like, I'm sure if I attempted to tape an ankle, I, I'd probably hurt somebody as opposed to help them. But that, like, that, that is a majority of that job. With the part that you, and, and I'll say this for most, if not all, athletic trainers. They would prefer that their names not once ever be said on the broadcast. For a variety of reasons. Like it, is, it is not a, a job you get into for notoriety, for the most part. And if your name is being said on the broadcast, reason two, it means usually it's because somebody is hurt. And your services are now required. Well, this wasn't somebody being hurt. This was not an injury. This was uh, well beyond that. But uh, the fact, and it wasn't just Denny out there. There was uh, a... Who knows how many people, but it, the, the information came out uh, earlier today that, that it was Denny that was the one on the field actually administering the beginnings of what is life-saving CPR. So it's, um, it's amazing how that stuff can go through your head as quickly to take action. Because usually when you are one of those trainers, you're out on the field like, you know, the players hurt, they're in pain, but the trainer's job then is often not to act quickly, it's to act slowly, so you don't do anything, you know, drastic or dumb in the moment. Like, you know, player gets hurt, they're in a surge of adrenaline and pain, and they they don't know what's going on, and the, the athletic trainer needs to take a moment and assess, like if there's a head or a neck injury, which... You know, if there's a very serious injury at a football game that that necessitates a visit to the hospital, it's, I don't want to say usually for that, but it's certainly more often for that than what we saw on Monday night. So the fact that Denny was able to get out on the field like that and, okay, well, you see a guy down and not moving, your first thought in a football game is, Head and neck, and, and that's a very careful thing. Don't want to jostle it. Don't want to move things. Don't, you you got to act slowly. You've got to make decisions in the right order. And then to, to turn the switch as fast as he would have had to do on Monday night to say, that's not what this is. This is not that. We need to do a completely different thing than we ever do on the field. 
This is something I've practiced, but it's not something you got to do on the field. I don't think I ever saw Denny giving somebody CPR on the field during a Syracuse football game because I'm certain I would recall that happening. So to be able to have that switch flip in your mind as quickly as it would have had to for Denny uh, on Monday night, and if not him, whomever else was there right after him, is amazing. Because that is not, it is something they are trained for, it is something they are prepared for, but it's not like a doctor, you know, that stuff they do, like doctors, you know, in the hospital, you're doing the medical stuff all the time. Like Denny, three hours before that happened, he was taping the team's ankles. Not to minimize that, but, you know, in the grand scheme of life, that is less important than giving CPR to save somebody's life. So it's just amazing. And, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, to to say we here in Syracuse know this guy a little bit, uh, that he lived here for 12 years and now he's across state and being able to uh, perform stuff like that and, and function in a way that you're able to get it done. So full, you know, congratulations and plaudits and anything that you can think of to Denny. And I'm sure uh, DeMar will say the same thing when he can, that you can't do what, you know, whatever else they did when the doctors got involved and whatever they did in the ambulance and whatever they did at the hospital and all of that is very, very important, equally important, probably in some cases more. But none of the stuff after that would matter nearly as much if not for Call him a first responder in this case. He was the first one on the scene of a developing medical situation. That Denny saw the situation and knew exactly what he needed to do right now. Not a minute from now. Not even 30 seconds from now. And certainly not 15, 20 minutes from now. Or even worse, not knowing at all and having to wait for somebody else to show up that did. Or maybe worse than that, not knowing at all and doing the wrong thing and making it worse. So uh, amazing uh, to say that, you know, and it makes you feel in, in good hands to know that, okay, if you're a football player at Syracuse, oh, this is the kind of guy that we have on staff here. And not that you ever think anything like that is going to happen to you, because how could you? That, wow, we, we have people like that here that could perform the necessary action should we need it. Denny was that guy here for 12 years. And, uh, you know, from the, the press conference, I, th- I don't know if it's quite wrapped up yet, but it was still going on as uh, we came on the air with the, the doctors at the, the hospital led by Dr. Timothy Pritz uh, addressing the media for the first time since this happened, saying, you know, they appear to think, at least best they can tell right now, his neurological function is intact. And you just never know. When oxygen stops going to the brain, you never know what is going to happen. And it can happen quickly. And when it's the brain, it can happen quickly and it can happen permanently. Usually in a football, we think that, you know, that means hit to the head. This is a completely different thing than that. But for the first time, I think we are hearing signs that are more just, you know, okay, I, I think that sounds good. That That's positive, but it's still not a, a, a step that really means something. But the fact that DeMar was awake last night and, you know, the first thing he did, And, you know, who knows uh, uh, what happens to the brain or, you know, what you start to wake up after something like this happened to you that 
you're not going to remember this happening for the most part. Like, what's the last thing you remember? It's the thing you ask about. Tomorrow, I want to know what happened in the football. Like, where am I and what happened in the football game? But the fact that he was able to communicate even that uh, last night is uh, just uh, massively uh, huge for his uh, current state and his future state. But uh, impressive work by all involved, and uh, a salute to Denny Kellington, who was uh, doing that. Well, not that. Uh, that, what happened on Monday night, not necessary, but he was prepared to do that at the drop of the hat uh, during his 12 years as a trainer here at Syracuse. With that, we will take a break. We'll hear some from Jim Beheim when we come back. Not about that. Uh, we, we didn't talk about uh, neurological functions or airways or anything, but he was on Orange Nation a little more than an hour ago. Um, we'll see what Jim had to say when we come back. We'll talk to Dan Fates, Wham in Rochester, who was certainly uh, paying attention closely to this press conference and has uh, been covering this story from literally minute one was on the sideline in Cincinnati when everything uh, happened on uh, Monday night and has been on top of it ever since. We'll talk to Dan coming up at 2.30 uh, today. With that, we'll step aside. Much more to come today here on the 315. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across central New York, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. I was lying on the grass on Sunday morning of last And here we are. The uh, press conference right now with um, a couple of doctors that have been uh, charged with Tamar Hamlin's care. And uh, Cincinnati is ongoing right now on uh, NFL Network. There's uh, there's a lot of very medical questions that were being asked uh, during the commercial that are uh, uh, above my head, a few levels. But uh, I know uh, Dan Fates is paying attention to that. He will join us in less than ten minutes. Coming up at two uh, thirty, and you know we'll talk about uh, the good news from today, uh, the Denny Kellington connection here to uh, Syracuse uh, for sure. But uh, then we'll take it back to Monday. Dan was on the field when all this happened on Monday, covering the game, covering a big game. What's it been like uh, then to now? Not that uh, a reporter's life in this whole thing uh, matters a whole ton compared to what's going on uh, with DeMar, but it has been a, a whirlwind for all of those that have uh, been involved with this in any real way whatsoever. And, uh, you know, being down literally on the field when something like this happens, it's a little bit different than when you're just down there shooting touchdowns and celebrations and, oh, that guy hurt his knee or, you know, something like that. But uh, we shall uh, we shall see how it uh, how it all goes and all continues to go. But uh, by far the best news that we have actually heard from this whole scenario uh, now uh, than at any point since 8:55 on uh, Monday evening before any of this has happened. But uh, right now, how about some of this? It's time to spin the wheel. Let's spin the wheel of Bayheim. All right, we're spinning, we're spinning, we're spinning, we're spinning, we're spinning, we're spinning, we're spinning. Ah, uh, Jim had thoughts on Joe Girard. Jim had thoughts, and Jim, uh, you know, as he does at points, he had thoughts on others' thoughts of Joe Girard. He was on Orange Nation uh, earlier today, a little more than an hour ago. Uh, Joe had 28 points in the win the other night at Louisville. Here is Jim on Joe. I mean, Joe's been great. He's the most. <laughs> Uh, unappreciated player I think we've ever had here. Maybe he's kind of in the Trevor Coney mode, I think. <laughs> no uh, doubt. <laughs> but the people doing that don't know anything about basketball. I mean, they know zero. 
if you find yourself agreeing with them in any way, shape, or form, then you know zero. <laughs> so I'll just leave it at that. He's had a great career here. He's playing great. He single-handedly won that game. You understand that? Yeah. No he single-handedly won the game. Well, uh, man, would hate to be in the group of people that know zero. That would be disconcerting. Disconcerting. Uh, but there, there is Jim on uh, Joe. Uh, not quite. He's in the Trevor Cooney camp. That was not, uh, uh, you know, there's a whole separate category, I think, for Jerry McNamara, not 10 bleeping games. That is its own historic category in, in the annals of Syracuse basketball. But, uh, yeah, I'd say it's, you know, it's a little different with uh, Cooney and Gerard for a lot of reasons, but uh, we talked about it yesterday on Orange Nation and this show. I know Brent talked about it uh, yesterday as well. It is um, it, it is interesting. Now, there's a lot. I, I get it. I understand why people are frustrated off with the play of Gerard and, you know, what what they think this or that about the, the career of Gerard. It, it is very weird, though, to see the, the lack of balance, I think, in, in the thoughts. It's perfectly fine to think that, but Jim's not wrong about the other thing. Like, the Orange don't don't beat Louisville the other night without what he did because he was the best guy out there uh, during the game. 28 points, 7 rebounds, uh, and the whole deal. Now, there's the good and the bad. There was the few games earlier this season. He stunk out loud, and the Orange lost games they should have won. But uh, that is uh, that is what it is. So uh, we'll open the lines on uh, that later in the show should any any people who clearly know something or absolutely know nothing at all because you're in one of those columns if you'd like to join the show uh, later on. But we're going to get back to this DeMar Hamlin story in the Buffalo Bills next. And Fates uh, kind enough to clear some uh, time to chat today. I, I don't know if when he cleared said time, he, he knew this medical press conference would be happening right before he did. But uh, it did. And now it is done. So hopefully uh, Dan will be able to hop on with us when we come back. Uh, right after this, uh, DeMar Hamlin showing signs of uh, recovery. He's not yet in stable condition because he's still on uh, officially the breathing tube. That is the next step in uh, the recovery process, but the good news is uh, there is a recovery process that is ongoing and ongoing in a way uh, that currently appears positive for uh, the young man who played his college ball at Pittsburgh and then had that uh, unbelievable, uh, unbelievable, thankfully, not tragic event on the field at Cincinnati on Monday. Dan Fates, Wham! in Rochester when we come back after this. It's QSportsTalk.com, ESPN Radio. WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. Can we review our status here, Cy? Let's look at this thing from a uh, from a uh, standpoint of status. Can't go backwards. Can't go forward. What am I gonna do? You have nothing better to do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day. All across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home, here's what's happened so far. Uh, what has happened uh, so far? We talked to Dan Fates last night. We've talked about Tamar Hamlin. 
Dan Fates of Wham in Rochester carved out some time to join us. We've gotten good news about tomorrow that uh, he has been awake and responsive. Uh, wrote on a, a note on a piece of paper asking if who won the game. That's always everyone's first question. Who won the game? Well, nobody uh, this time, but uh, DeMar has won considering everything that happened, and a significant credit for that goes to former Syracuse head football athletic trainer uh, Denny Kellington, who was out there on the field and was uh, the one. I don't know if he did it the whole time. Uh, Sometimes, you know, when there's multiple qualified people, you trade off. You don't want anyone to, you know, get tired. Literally, you have to keep up the rhythm of doing it. Uh, to mimic a heartbeat, but he was the one out there that initially was giving uh, CPR on the field on uh, Monday night that began the process of saving tomorrow's life to bring us to a point today where uh, we can uh, dole out some positive news. So uh, good stuff. Good stuff uh, in uh, that regard uh, to at least get us to a spot that is, you know, there. It's again, it's very different inside the hospital. Not in the, we're, we are not entitled to medical news about tomorrow we, we, we're just not and i'm sure there's been more news in the hospital than has come out of the hospital over the last uh couple of days but man it is like they say sometimes you know no no news is good news well in this case no news was anxious news like no news on this situation was just okay it's a it's a lot of time it's a lot of time but who knows when he'll be out of the hospital or you know anything like that still on the ventilator helping him uh, breathe helping his body recover but at least to a point now uh, that uh, recovery is something that you're talking about as opposed to literally surviving and that is uh, hugely important but as we start hour two Let's head to the football field, and not the current football field. We head to the football field that uh, you sometimes get to join five years after you have completed your career on the rear National Football League uh, field. And this just shows you, this is the NFL churns on. Like, nobody was really, like, it, it kind of caught me off guard when this information came out last night. Now, this is the time of year it comes out every year, but it, you're just not thinking about it last night. You're, you're thinking about DeMar Hamlin when you're thinking about football because th- there were no games there's no Thursday night game this week. It's the last week of the season. There's uh, no college football game uh, until Monday when Georgia and TCU play for the championship. You're just not thinking about last night. Yeah, the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, the 15 finalists for the pro football. It's not the NFL, but it's the pro football Hall of Fame in lovely Canton, Ohio, was uh, released last night. And again, not surprising this name was on the list in his first year of eligibility. I think we all uh, knew he would be on the list, or at least knew he should be on the list. But one Dwight Freeney is one of the 15 finalists for the Professional Football Hall of Fame this year. Joining uh, two others in their first year of eligibility, Joe Thomas and Darrell Revis. So Dwight's hanging out on Revis Island. Uh, The others that are in the final 15, Jared Allen, uh, the pass rusher for the Chiefs and the Vikings primarily at his career. Willie Anderson, longtime uh, tackle for the Bengals. Rondé Barber, twin of Tiki, corner for uh, the Bucks back in the day. Devin Hester, the star kick returner uh, for the Bears. Tory Holtz, wide out from the greatest show on turf. Andre Johnson, wide out for the Texans. Zach Thomas, the linebacker for the Dolphins. DeMarcus Ware, the great pass rusher for the Cowboys. Who He sacked Eli Manning a lot. Oh, boy. Boy, did he ever. Uh, Reggie Wayne. Teammate of Dwight, teammate of current NFL Hall of Famer Marvin Harrison and the most recent Orange 
All-Pro Hall of Famer Patrick Willis, the Niners linebacker, Darren Woodson, the longtime uh, Cowboys safety, and Albert Lewis, who was a cornerback uh, primarily in the 90s with the Chiefs and the Rams. So that is the list of 15. Of the 15, five will be voted into the Hall of Fame um, coming up. I believe they find out uh, the night before the Super Bowl is how that generally works. You're in a hotel and you wait. they come knock on your door. Knock, knock, knock. You're in the Hall of Fame. And then they scurry away. The whole thing's kind of weird. But uh, we'll see if Dwight gets in. It's not that uh, Dwight is clearly, like, Dwight Freeney is an NFL Hall of Famer. Right? That is a, a non-controversial statement. Dwight Freeney is an NFL Hall of Famer. What? But uh, the way the NFL Hall of Fame works, like, I just read off those 15 names. I'm like, is he? Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't really, I remember the name, Albert Lewis. I'm not out here knocking on the... Knocking on something to get Albert Lewis to the Hall of Fame, but out of that list of 15, if you told me like any of them got in, I wouldn't be stunned by it. All of them at some point were basically the best in the league at what they did. Say if Devin Hester, who best at what he did was return kicks, so he did it as well as anyone that's ever done it. Uh, I don't know if that's Hall of Fame worthy or not. I mean, you are the best at uh, your craft, but your craft is a very specific in NFL history, but yeah. Uh, if you told me Dwight didn't get in this year because, you know, they, oh, we got to get these other five guys in this year, I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, at some point, be it this year, next year, or certainly soon, Dwight is going to be the ninth pro football Hall of Famer that is a Syracuse graduate. Right now, the Orange are tied for the eighth most of any school. Talk about Orange football history. They have eight Hall of Famers, which is tied for the eighth most that any school has produced there. Uh, Jim Brown, Jim Ringo, the offensive lineman, John Mackey, uh, Larry Zonka, Art Monk, Floyd Little. We're just uh, two years uh, and a few days beyond the uh, passing of Floyd. And Marvin Harrison, the most recent Floyd, and Marvin, the two most recent. And Al Davis, uh, who is not an orange uh, football player, but a, a Syracuse alum. And then, uh, you know, the coach, executive owner, the whole deal, we know Al Davis. So that that is the list of eight Dwight uh, certainly at some point sooner than later uh, will become the ninth player added to that list. And you're looking at it, you say, you look at this list and say, well, Dwight's got to be, Dwight's going in. He's got to be the best pass rusher in his group for sure, right? Well, if you, Dwight Freeney, Jared Allen, and DeMarcus Ware are all in this group as D-line pass rusher types going into the Hall of Fame. And I know this, like, for about a 15-year period there in the, the NFL, like, if you are an offense that is game planning for a defense and you're going against any of Dwight, Jared, or DeMarcus Ware, you you are in for a game plan nightmare with all three of them. So uh, we all love Dwight. I, I'd take Dwight over the other two, but I don't know if everybody would. Like, you, you could make an argument for probably any one of those three is the guy that's the best of the three at their craft, and all of them. You know, I'm not looking at any of their stats right now. But I'm just talking about, you know, the, the visceral thought of that guy going after the quarterback. And, uh, you know, those three, when they, if and when any or all of them get in the Hall of Fame, that's what they're getting in for, their ability to get to the quarterback. So where they stand on the all-time sack list uh, certainly will come into play. And Dwight uh, certainly stands very well. I think all three of them do. But, you know, just the thought, like, what do you remember about these players? We as Syracuse people watch more Dwight. We remember it from... Uh, college when he did it as well. What did he do? Spin move. Marcus Ware just overpowered you. Jared Allen, he had the crazy face paint and was having a great old time out there. 
But, man, Dwight's got some tough competition, <laughs> as uh, any would, uh, being a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But uh, congrats to Dwight on this honor. Don't know if we'll get the nod this year because it is a very hard nod to get. But uh, certainly, uh, sooner than later, one would figure Dwight Freeney will become Syracuse's uh, ninth member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. With that, we'll break uh, some uh, random uh, bits and bobs of news to tell you uh, when we come back. The Red Sox have spent money. Texas is stopping spending money on their basketball coach. And a different school in Texas uh, needs to remember to bring their jerseys to the games. All that when we come back here on the 411 in the 315. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.